What's shaking, everybody? Welcome to Lords of the Longbox presents the cover price top 10. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Almost the end of the week. Uh, we're in a great time of uh, geekdom. Man. Geekdom right now. We got the. Uh, goodness. So you got to watch Loki yesterday. And if awesome. you stay up late tonight, you get to watch The Bad Batch. How awesome is that? Double awesome. Right? Every so, Wednesday uh, and Friday, man. It's that's right. Sorry. And then you got Friday. Tuesday and Thursday with us. Your week is solid. Ooh. Take, your, take your days off on Monday. Well, two out of four ain't bad. So there you go. <laughs> uh, while you guys are congregating, you know what we'd like to do. Let's play some trippy stuff. I think that is my new favorite clip. We got a little bit of everything <laughs> really in there. Is. Puppets, Hunter S. Thompson. It's uh, it's an acid trip. What can I say? Speaking of acid trips, Dark Side Jedi, say what's up. <laughs> what's up, everybody? Thursday night. Shake it, shake it, shake it. I think we got a good one, you guys. That's right. People got some chances to get yeah. the four out of ten on this. JB, so. say what's Absolutely. up to everybody. Absolutely. Hey, man, thanks for showing up tonight. This is the Hot Shaker Show. You know what's going to happen tonight. We're going to blow your mind. There's going to be stuff you're like, what? And then there's going to be a couple of them you're going to be like, damn right, I got it. So welcome to the show. Sit back, relax. It's going to be a good one. And a returning chaplain who had so much fun last time. We decided to bring him back. Jack, a.k.a. Mr. Bolo, say what's up. 
Snow, what's going on, everybody? And yes, last week was a blast. I had to come back and do it again. I'm loving this list this week, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to say like this is list is a little bit different than your usual suspects on the internet. I mean, yeah. it, we get to see some really cool books, modern, and we always throw in a little weird golden age book. Weird in here. golden age. Uh, those are the, some, those are the know, cool ones. Yeah, so this show is sponsored by our friends over at CoverPrice.com. Go over to CoverPrice.com where you can also see the Shakers list, price guides, collections, and trends. And as always, at the end of the show, we're going to see what's shaking today because this list changes every day. This list is brought to you by our friends from CoverPrice, focusing on the high sales and the most interesting sales found on their exclusives daily Shakers list. This list changes several times every day, so make sure you check it out every day to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. And we will definitely get to that at the end of the show and see what's shaking today. The show is also sponsored by our buddies at KRSComics.com. Use discount code of LOTLB to get 15% off any KRS Comics exclusives, as well as brand new comics from KRSPullbox.com. If you have uh, weekly pulls, you can save 15% off those new books by using the discount code of LOTLB, just in case that's how you spell it right there. You know what? Oddly enough, Tuesday, we didn't have anything to promote. There were... For, for like at least four or five weeks now, KRS Comics been banging out bangers every bang Wednesday on. and Friday. And sadly to say, psych, we do. Tom Friday, tomorrow. Ooh. This is a cool, this is Extreme Carnage Alpha variant. This is Tyler Kirkham. Fun fact, this is the first KRS Comics exclusives that Tyler Kirkman has done over in two years. Ooh. Tyler Kirkham got his kind of, uh, was found, uh, was found by KRS Comics because you know why I know? I was there when it happened. Mm. It happened at WonderCon. Uh, it was my man, Jay and Guy One, who had a commission done with uh, with Tyler Kirkham. He set up the introduction. The rest is history. And they f did their first exclusive variant together. So what's interesting about this is this is uh, Tyler Kirkham kind of doing a, uh, a Tom McFarland. He's homaging himself. He did this cover way back <laughs> when. This was like, uh, I forgot what, what this was called, Venom Alpha or some shit. So, uh, so this is Carnage. Alpha. See what we did there? Oh. All right. So that's this is the cover price weekly shakers of the week for June 10th, 2021. My God, it is almost summer. I cannot believe it. Oh, it is summer. Uh, the kids are out of school, man. Come on. Oh, are they? I have no idea. Friday. I, I, for us. I, I'm, yeah, I live right by oh, tomorrow. High school. Shit, tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what am I thinking? guys. So now you guys got to be stuck with those kids at home again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's kick things off. Jack, what do you got for us? All right, we're going to start it off with a classic key here. We're talking about Batman Vengeance of Bane special number one, which is, of course, DC Comics from 1992. And with Bane's daughter, Vengeance, now front and center in the Joker series, her appearance has stirred up interest in her father's first appearance. In fact, this undervalued key appearance is finally getting the attention it deserves. Floating around 200 to 250 for years, its recent new high sale of $715 for a CGC 9.8 shows that while unpredictable, the market is still investing in smart first appearances like this. Yeah, this book, man, this one gives me chills. Uh, just a time when I was pressing, this is the one that I squished. Ooh. So Isn't yeah, I made seven hundred fifteen dollar mistake. It looks like I made. Yeah, this there. is one of those uh, <laughs> deluxe square bound. Isn't yeah, it? it was uh, very square bound. Yeah, yeah, yeah big, yeah, nice, yeah. thick. It was <laughs> kind of like and, the uh, Killing Joke type uh, book, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, how the hell did you squish God, it? Well, because I was brand new at pressing, and I 
didn't know what I was doing and <laughs> didn't like, have any like bin books laying around. Oh, I had, no, I had been doing them. This was like, I don't know. It was, it was a disaster. Thank God. Yeah. My friend was cool. And no wonder you bad. don't press. Is anymore. he still your friend? I just want. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And Ryan, turn on your game just a little bit. Turn the game down. A, yeah. Your kids may have been messing with, but they were playing Fortnite. <laughs> Is All that right. better? Yeah, that's better. Batman, Vengeance and Bane, issue number one. Everybody remembers this book. I mean, at one point in the, the 90s, this was like a $50 wall book. Um, you know what you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Wall books, I mean, it's kind of sad to say the the uh, wall books aren't what they used to be. Back, back in the day, every comic <laughs> shop you walked into had wall books. Sadly... That's not the case anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, my LCS does where it's just like, you know, you know, there's some, but you know, sadly I walk into some shops and oh, we just do new comics. And the the, the few wall books they have are like uh like fifty percent over retail. You're like, okay, no wonder they're wall books. They're never gonna move. So like you remove the wall book and there's like a there's like a uh you know, a suntan from where the cause the books have been sitting there for so long. So <laughs> all right, so Batman, Vengeance of Bane Special Number One. See, I told you guys a lot of you guys are going to be able to get these. I think these first two are, are very easily attainable on this list. So you should see, see some two for twos, or at least one for twos. What's next? Up next, we have Harley Quinn Number One. This is the Adam Hughes One in Twenty Five variant from 2013. Adam Hughes is widely considered one of the most coveted variant cover artists for fans, collectors, and publishers. This One in Twenty Five variant for the New Fifty Two launch was an instant hit for Hughes and was one of the most in-demand variants for the entire New 52 run. While it dipped in the past several years, it's recently been escalating back up in price, as seen with this week's new high sale of $900 for a CGC 9.8. Oh my god, I just remember seeing this book not too long ago. Um, It's just $900? My god. I don't see it. Well, you know, Adam Hughes has a following, and like I said, it's just a large influx of cash coming into our community, our our hobby, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, good for people who are holding, <laughs> bad yeah, for people yeah. who are looking for. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like a double edged sword. You know, you look at like, oh, I got this, can't wait to sell it. And like, oh, I need this. Oh God, I can't wait to buy it. And it's like now I'm finding out semiconductor chips are in a shortage, and I can't buy a car or a TV. What the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, I was like uh, looking for a new car, and some of my friends were telling me, yeah, they're up by like car sales are uh, they're jacking up by twenty percent because apparently there's a semiconductor shortage. So thank God these semiconductors aren't used to make digital comics, or else uh, the price <laughs> of comics would be going up too. Good lord! All right, Harley Quinn number one. This next book is just perfect timing because if you didn't see such a cool trailer drop today, what oh, do we got, yes, sir? Oh, Next up, we've got Masters of the Universe, number one, originally published in 1982. What a year from DC Comics. Now, Masters of the Universe fans are a picky bunch. We know we're one of them. And it's unknown how fans will take Kevin Smith's version of Masters. But boy, do we want to find out. Now, if it's okay, then it'll be business as usual for you fellow Masters of the Universe collectors. You know, hard to find issues will sell for a premium and the rest will sell for low prices. However, if it works, Oh, then watch out. Masters books could be in store for a huge boom. While this week's CGC 9.8 sale of 870 bucks marks a new high for this issue, it still has room to grow, like so many other Masters of the Universe books do. Now, MV Creations, Maddie Collector Variants, DC Variants, etc., consider them all books that we're going to be watching. Oh, uh, yeah. 
So fun fact, um, Matt DeVoe, who write, uh, who comes up with this sales data, uh, wrote this before the trailer dropped today. This book sold on June 6th. What do you think it's selling for today after they oh, saw the trailer? Uh, because 1200 I, I, The only thing more. I was worried about the trailer was the anime. Anytime an animated project comes, I don't, I don't. This story, I don't give a shit. I need to make you need to have good animation, and oh, that yeah. trailer that great. dropped today, especially with the song I'm "Hero," I'm yeah. like, God damn, that gives you nostalgia. That's like, I'm sorry, kids. You guys, kids don't understand. When they you don't hear get that it. Song, when you hear that song "Hero," you 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 feel invincible. All right, that should be your gym song. All right, back For in those, my day with good cartoons and good music. It's funny how in the '80s, uh, uh, I guess you can call it 2D animation was better than 2D animation is now, right? Because now Mm. everything is kind of like a CGI animation, but that Massive Universe trailer looks to be fully on... I mean, it's not true 2D animation, but they can make 3D animation look 2D. Does that make sense? Um, Yeah, well, what what it is, is it was originally... It was advertised, and what it is, is it's an anime. Um, It's just... It's funny the way even anime has changed. Mm. So So now anime, which is viewed a certain way when it's imported... Um, has now sort of changed and been Americanized. And I think that when they first announced it, that they were going to be doing this, and, and some people saw the word anime, they may have been, um, non-anime fans may have been turned off. But I think that execution of that trailer, um, the, and the results, the hype that you're getting from it, it's, I mean, that's flawless execution. Yeah, I'm in the world of anime. There's hardcore anime fans that, you know, are um, Dragon Ball Z types, but there's a lot of tropes in anime that the general American audience won't get, right? The big eyes, the weird ex- exclamation, you know what I mean? It's 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 mm-hmm. hard to explain for the people who watch anime, like true Japanese anime, and they're, what do they call OVA, the, the long series of stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, um, if, like, the most extreme version of that is attack on titan everybody is screaming in that show for you know they are screaming for their lives just always they don't talk normal but you notice and then uh if you go back to like the 80s if you think about like robotech everybody has like these really big eyes and and for the massive universe they kind of toned it down made it more americanized to what you know i think because if you were to make them more what we considered anime from like the 80s and 90s people were like that's not the he-man that i used to but I'm going to tell you what, man, that scene with Skeletor throwing all the fists and, uh, you know, seeing because you know what I really didn't like about the uh, the the He-Man cartoon? We never got to see full blown magic by um, Skeletor. And what was the uh, the the lady at the Grayskull? What was her name? Um, the the main sorceress, the sorceress. Is that what she, her name was? Something in the live chat will tell come me. On what was, live chat. Help us well, come on. Help me out. What was the sorceress name in uh, He-Man? Come on, the broad in the castle with the bird wings. Come on, help me out. Jeez. The broad in the castle. <laughs> I know who you're talking wings. about. You know no, what I'm talking about, right? Evil was, was, no, no, Lynn was, 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 was the bad guy. Was her name just okay. the sorceress? The yeah, sorceress. yeah. It was just the sorceress. Go. Yeah, Evil Lynn was the evil one. But yeah, there, there's some dope looking stuff in there. And then Kevin Smith writing it. Um, this is, we're at a time right now, it doesn't matter if it wasn't a comic book first. If there's a, a uh, uh, something that gets made into a, and you know, that's why when Edge of Spider-Verse came out, we weren't in the same marketplace we were now or else the Spider-Gwen book would have just gone oh, crazy, explode. right? Because you think about in Spider-Man's universe, it's the first time we saw Spider-Gwen on the big screen and the book didn't really move that much. But imagine it coming out in 2020, 2021. <laughs> it would have just blown up, but there you go. Master Universe issue number one and the reason a direct sale because I guess I got to pull up my hand to Danny Church in 1982, 
That's right. Direct market was only 20%. The newsstand market was 80%. So there you go. So that's the rarity uh, sometimes between direct stand and um, newsstand. You know, people say, well, new, you know, direct stand is, is still, or newsstand is still better because people didn't take care of them. But when you have an 80-20% split, I, you know, this is still rare, more rare to me. So there you go. Well, oh, can't believe we have this book back on the list. Yeah. What could it be? That's right. Yeah. Speaking about uh, newsstands here, we're talking about New Mutants 98, the newsstand variant by Marvel from 1991, which is, of course, Deadpool's first appearance. And Deadpool books are on the move. However, Marvel weaves in the Merc with a mouth. The MCU will never be the same. This newsstand could be purchased for as low as 575 for a CGC 9.8 in May of 2020. A little over a year later, this newsstand hit a new uh, record high of $5,200 for a 9.8. Obviously, collectors are recognizing the fact that Deadpool's potential impact on the MCU as a whole. This book is crazy. I mean, at the height of the Deadpool madness, it never hit five grand. Mm-mm. Right. No. Yeah. I remember I bought four rock. I mean, I was like happy to get like 15, 1700 for 9.8 because, you know, because we just thought that the, the print runs in 1991, especially for Marvel, were just astronomical. But uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Rob Liefeld would, would make a post about it. Did he? <laughs> I swear. What was he just saying that he was just taking credit for? Uh, Captain Crunch. Uh, here's a question. Um, uh, email John at coverprice.com. He, uh, for all those asking, wondering what he asked. He has his CLZ collection wondering how he can import it into uh, cover price. Quite easy, actually. You just export it to a um, CSV file and then email it to uh, John at cover price. But I would hit up John first. Make sure you have a full subscription. And uh, I did it. And it took over about 99% of my books from my CLZ collection uh, over in a cover price, uh, which is pretty cool. So you don't have to manually do it. Because if you invested a you know ton of time on cover price, you'll be, uh, you know, here's the interesting thing. So. I'm on my LCS today. Um, most people there know who I am, but you know these two guys were talking, and one of them kind of knew who I was. The other guy didn't, and I had my back turned anyway. So, and he was like, uh, "You know, you should get this book." And he's like, "Why?" He goes, "You ever heard of this app called Key Collector?" Well, they said I should get it. <laughs> and then the other guy he goes, "No, I don't use that." And he goes, no, "I use CLZ." He goes, "Well, CLZ doesn't really do." It. And I felt like just coming in and saying something. I was like, "You know what? It's none of my business. I'm just getting my books and get out of here." <laughs> I was, was going to say, "Hey, man, if you need your CLZ transfer, go to a cover price." And you using the I forget anyway. Forget uh, the New Mutants issue number ninety. Man, should I have kept my New Mutants book? Oh, uh, I mean, come on, you can't look back. You got a good well, price for it. But you know what? The Feige effect, man. Once Feige gets his hands on stuff, it's just it's gonna... the friggin' bit crypto slash Reddit stock effect. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's no, got cool. all this money to spend, and they're spending it on well, these books. I also think it's a key lesson in supply and demand. I think a lot of times we Thank say, you. "Yeah, books highly printed, so therefore there's a high supply," but we forget the the demand side of it. And and Deadpool is a character who is really a bridge crosser for us as a comic community because so many people get brought into comics for the first time because of their love for this character. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, this is a this is a character that I think these books, while they made a million of them, a lot of these books are ending up in people's PCs never to be seen again. Yeah, exactly. and, and when we go over to the cover price uh, 
uh, website later. Uh, you guys remind me. I want to look up the uh, difference between a 9.8 and a 9.6 because I think in this new collecting realm or this new hobby of ours, we have a very specific collector that only looks for 9.8s. And I, and you know, how and many so, new mean 98 9.8s are there? Oh, there's a ton of them. But what I'm something probably. Yeah, but I want to see what the, the drop off between a 9.8 and a 9.6 because in the yeah. past they used to be huge gaps. Uh, and, and I'm wondering, just wondering to see on certain books. Um, hell, okay. When I was looking up my first Shang Chi, we were talking about it. The the nine eights were selling for sixteen to seventeen thousand. Nine sixes can't push, can't break five grand so far on eBay. Because uh, I've been trying to sell my nine six. I'm like, this one guy can just sell his book because everybody else is pricing theirs at like six, seven, eight grand. I'm like, if this one dude would just and he just dropped this price, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, that's how you look at the market, okay? Because you can't go on eBay and ask for a higher price when somebody has a buy it now that's lower than yours, right? Unless you know, right. unless you got something, some kind of fairy dust magic or you know, <laughs> uh, you know, or something special signature on it. But you know, that's one of the things don't blindly go on ebay and sell your book expecting it do your research first how i look it's kind of hard to tell when somebody priced something at 99 cents because those are my favorite auctions though i like seeing action when when people are bidding and bidding and He's bidding massive. especially when i'm a seller but look at the buy it nows for a book that you want to sell on ebay uh or anywhere for that matter on whatnot on uh you know, whatever, uh, what is that? Uh, Mice Labs, uh, Shortbox, whatever you're using, look what other people are selling it for. You know, I mean, even if, even if you're doing an auction, why would you price your book higher than what somebody could just go on eBay immediately right now and then buy for cheaper? Sorry, I'm not knocking anybody's auctions, but I've seen that on YouTube before where somebody's asking for a price and there's like four of them on eBay that are already lower than it. But I think it's what it is is a, uh, auction fervor right <laughs> i think it gets personal after a while somebody goes oh yeah you bid that i bid this and next thing you're like damn i spent too much for that yeah. don't tell me that you guys have not fallen for that all right oh, everybody no. has it, when you get into a auctioning bid it becomes personal you're like oh yeah i'm going a hundred dollars over the other person oh i've overpaid like, on so many books i couldn't even tell so you oh, yeah. and <laughs> I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the nine sixes too because if there's anybody out there who's you know the investor type um it, it, we, I tend to say, look at the sports card market because we run a little bit behind them. In the sports card market, the same thing happened. Where oh yeah, if it's not, got, it, yeah, if it's not, yeah, if it's yeah. expensive, and the nines became desirable. So yeah. are are the tens and trading cards equivalent to nine eights? Because I'm assuming uh, yeah, more yeah, yeah, because that's the thing on the PSA. If you don't get a ten, then it's like that's that's it. That's the kiss of death. It's like a, right. it's like get it's like grading a modern book and getting a nine point four on a book that came out like last year, right? But that's that's it used to be on some of the bigger players, though, yeah. you can still get a nine. Right, that has changed in the last in within the last year to a year and a half. Nines and even eights are starting to get serious respect in the sports card hobby, and prices are increasing. So, if we run pretty pretty parallel to them, just maybe a step behind, I would say that that if you feel like, oh man, I'm priced out of this nine eight market, there's going to be some serious growth for market correction with nine nine sixes. And mm -hmm. yeah, I wouldn't do modern nine fours, but if you're looking at books from even some of these books like A New Mutants, um, I, I think oh, nine. I, you know what? Another great oh, ultimate fallout four and a nine four. I also yeah, think it's a great. Yep, exactly. Another it's That's another one where it's got it's yeah. gotten so pricey. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mo Rob Liefeld needs to learn how to draw legs. Really, is it legs or just a feet? Come on, it's not. What, what's the saying? As all these nine eight records are being set, the you know the the rising tide brings all the boats with it. So I mean, all those lower grades all take a bump. There's always a market correction. 
yep. in the lower grades when the 9.8 just goes nuts. Yep. Uh, Gabe loves comics is price high and want to haggle down to above market price. Trust me. I know a certain comic store that thrives off of that. We won't say who that is, yeah. but I have a feeling <laughs> you're talking about, you know, but, it's uh, funny when you say the word modern comics, I, I think it's 2021 and moderns count for what? I know where's End the eighties. I'm not, yeah, I'm not using the <laughs> like CG- that's a long so time. Well, I'm not modern. using the CGC, the, uh, factor of modern that's 1975 and above so yeah. i modern to me is anything like 2000s uh 2000s up because if you think the copper age so that there needs to be yeah you know eventually the modern age will have to be renamed something else as we move on you know what i mean so we have golden s- silver uh bronze and then copper mm-hmm. so pretty soon there's going to be a name i don't know who's going to name it fuck it we will you know what call it the marvel age because holy shit marvel comics just killed it within the last 15 years well yeah i mean it's man it's pushed a lot by um movies and yeah TV that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying yeah and now netflix so we shall see i mean look at sweet tooth gone the crazy cinematic age great show i mean yeah. you know and then fuck you netflix for canceling jupiter's legacy god damn i wanted to see more of that story man i mean it's just oh. i got a question what about the nevers has been fantastic man i i don't know if you guys are watching that on oh HBO yeah i see that yeah this, yeah this the josh awesome. Weed show on hbo yeah, yeah. I swear yeah. the last the finale came on and I thought I was watching the wrong show. I told my wife, I said, You're on the wrong show. She goes, No, I'm not. It's yeah, like a vic- it's like <laughs> a vic- it's like a Victorian X-Men. There's even a lady in a wheelchair for those who don't know. It's a Josh Whedon thing that he left after the first few episodes, obviously, because of some stuff like that. But if you want to peep out, they have superpowers. It takes place in like Victorian age uh England, and it's it's like a it's like an X-Men. They're like mutants. That's all I, I want to tell you guys. But go peep it out. It's called the Nevers. Peep it out. Yeah, so New Mutants 98 coming back on a scene, a 9.8 for $5,200. Wow. Here's another book that a lot of you have. So uh, what is it? Here we go. NYX number three. This is a Marvel publication from 2004. And like Deadpool, X-23 was another character that spiked well over $1,000 with the release of Logan and then fell sharply with a 9.8 hitting as low as $672 back in April of 2019. However, with a new influx of collectors with money to burn into the hobby, these buyers are buying into key fan favorite characters like Deadpool, X-23, and others, uh, which is exactly why this book hit an all-time high of $2,068 for a 9.8. Crazy prices. Missed my chance, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, what was the spec on this way back when it was the Old Man Logan movie, right? Where yeah. the, the, it, it was jumped. his daughter, and then, you know, unfortunately that disappeared. And then, uh, uh, the, then I mean, do you remember the spec of the uh, the first appearance of NYX in a vial? Do you remember the, how crazy yeah, things were? Oh, yeah. Wolverine 80. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's gotten crazy. That's why, uh, mm-hmm. hey, man. I'm high on X Men 21 that came out last uh, came out on Wednesday. First appearance of Kevin Feige in the comics, man. Boom, all day long, man. You know, fun fact: I posted on Instagram as well. Fantastic Four Annual Number Three is the first appearance of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee in the comics. There's another older comic where they just appear on the cover with their backs turned, but they're actually part of the story. Jack Lee, uh, Stan Lee, and Jack Kirby try to crash the uh, Richards' wedding, and they got denied entry, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> 
Uh, but there you go, man. And Kevin Feige, if you think about it, is kind of the Stanley of the MCU. Don't don't shoot me and kill me and compare him to Stanley. No, you're not I'm just wrong. Saying, you're, I mean, you have to compare him to Stanley. I think that's you have, at this point. Yeah. You have to take what's on the page and bring it to film. So there's yeah. definitely a talent involved in that. And he yes, is the cinematic Stanley to put mm-hmm. the, that universe together. I mean, when we look back, you know. But let's not forget about. Well. You're right. Feige did more, but I want to give John Favreau some credit too. Oh no, yeah, for what he's sure, doing. Oh sure. yeah, I mean for Iron Man. Oh yeah, I mean you know you had to kick that off, man. But you know it takes a, a great producer to 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 haggle to put together. Um, uh, shout outs to uh, Mo for the two dollars super chat. The spec on during Logan nine eight was four hundred. Good lord, that was it. Now it's up to this. My God. Um, what's interesting is the the, the ability to take together talent and to put them all on the same page. I mean, do you remember there was some people that didn't uh, famously Edgar Wright, who was the first guy to do Ant-Man didn't get along. They moved on without what Peyton Reed did a bang up job. Uh, the actor who played the first uh, uh, war machine. I wanted more money. Don Cheadle said, I'll take less, but <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yep. um, but you know, for the most part, I mean, he's taken little known directors that aren't known typically for big cinematic superhero genres like Taika Waititi, the Russo brothers. I mean, John Favreau up to that point hadn't really done giant tentpole films like this. And now he's doing Chloe Zhang, who's doing this weird little indie movie called Nomadland and doing the Eternals. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, he's I, To say he's got a good eye for talent is an understatement. You know, they all kind of, fu- it, it goes back to the Marvel way, right? The Marvel bullpen, if you think about it, right? Where they all got together in a room. Stan Lee was writing so much stuff that he had to delegate off to these other people. So basically the writers, excuse me, the, the artists, we're actually writing half the comic for him because Stan Lee was like, you just draw it and I will just put in little words as they go. Cause he, you know, Stan Lee was the only one who was writing. So, but you know, a lot of these early cats in the Marvel bullpen, like Jack Kirby, Roy Thomas, a lot of these guys were accredited were actually, you know, if you look at the insert, uh, the first page, which used to be my favorite thing, you can see, you know, who did it and it'll say plots and script. Sometimes there's two different people. The plot meaning, here's the overall plot of what the story is. Can you tell me, can you write the dialogue for me? And so you don't see that nowadays where it's more of a screenplay, but back then it was like plots and script. So just a little fun fact for somebody who's old. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, NYX issue number three from February 2004, breaking the $2,000 mark. Good Lord have mercy. You know what? We can't have any sort of list without this book showing up in some way, fair fashion or form. What is it? This book is getting crazy. Next up on the list, we've got something is killing the children. Number six, the Jenny Frizen, 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 Frizen. I don't know. Color Splash one in 25 variant just came out. <laughs> Boom Studios. Now, if you think 2K plus is way too high for X23 then compare that to this week's all new high sale of the rarest. Something is killing the children variant at $2,749 for a CGC 9.8. Wow. I mean, that's good. I mean, I I don't read this, but there's no first appearances or anything special about this issue, right? As far as I know, issue number one is the first appearance and issue 16, which is coming out or already came out, is the origin uh, story. Uh, So this is just pure rarity and art. 
and it's asking for tons of money. This Crazy. is one of the things that everybody assume is coming to Netflix, but it hasn't been official yet. Boom Studios just has a deal where I think Netflix has a first, uh, what is it called? A first look option, right? So Netflix has their, Boom can say, hey, we want to make this. Do you guys want it? Or And they, if they say no, they can shop it somewhere else. Uh, uh, but... Typically, these places, you know, they do this so nobody else will do it, uh, and that unfortunately, that's like the death of a lot of comic book properties because they get option and they and they just uh, Hollywood just sits on it because they don't want somebody else doing it. Uh, fast forward to yesterday, guess who? Guess what's finally beginning getting made? God Country. That's right. Remember when uh, Donny Cates said he was writing a script for it? Well, they Shout finally got Donny Cates. They finally got a showrunner. Uh, the showrunner for uh, Sweet Tooth. Oh man, why'd you make me? Do you that? invoked it. You said you it. I, I didn't say his name, did I? Yes, you did. You did. Oh, shout out to Donny Cates, man. Shout out to everything you do and uh, all the great stories that you give us, man. But uh, <laughs> Jack is like, what the fuck did I get into? <laughs> <laughs> Donny, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So Boom Studios has a first look option t- option with Netflix. Um, I will say this, though. I do not have any faith in the executives at Netflix to make anything long ongoing. Jupiter's ah. Legacy, to me, was a great start. I wanted to see the story continue, but apparently it cost too much money. They're like, nah, you don't want to do it. So now Malar has to shift and pivot and do something else. And that's what supposedly Stephen DeKnight, who was the showrunner of the first few episodes, uh, up to episode four of Jupiter's Legacy. Stephen DeKnight also did Daredevil season one, by the way. Um, he left due to creative differences and you know and if you think other studios are meddling i think netflix is probably even worse um because you know they're they i think they have a different way of demographics that they view things uh because there are some shows that i watch and i'm like man what how come they didn't make another season and i'm like oh it costs too much money but then you look at just the entire netflix library there's a ton of just low budget shit that they can just put on there and people will watch because they're hooked on netflix and they're like how many of you have ever watched like a shitty show, but you have to finish it anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, right. I, I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm like, well, it's well, you know, I mean, for now, like, like, how I, many episodes are left? Ah, fuck it. Yeah, like Ragnarok, dude. I'm totally down with Ragnarok. That show on Netflix. Um, yeah. and right now, startup. I am fucking hooked on that show. I was up till five a.m. What? I was up till. F- it has a little bit of cryptocurrency on it. A little bit of like gangs and uh, uh crooked. Uh, FBI, and it's it's all over the place, and it reminds me, it's like, it's like Breaking Bad meets Silicon Valley without the goofiness of Silicon Valley, but it's so good. But you know, yeah. some the people, I start getting really frustrated because some of the decisions that the people make, they don't give a fuck about the other people in it. You know what I mean, Jack? Um, you know, uh, and but it's very into today's environment because they're literally talking about creating a new cryptocurrency. They even talk about we want to be the next Bitcoin, and. Uh, and let's just start. Let's just say this: this startup company starts with shady money, and that's where it keeps on going from there, and uh, it goes off. Um, the producer of the show is uh, what's his name uh, from uh, Sons of Anarchy and Hellboy. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Perlman. Or not? Yeah. Yeah. Ron, Ron, Ron Perlman. 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 Ron Perlman is the uh, produ- executive producer of the show. If you need someone to watch, there's three seasons right now on Netflix, and it's it, you will get hooked. I was absolutely hooked. It's got like. Haitian gangs from Miami and FBI agents and uh, the NSA, everything. For, uh, it's it, To me, I loved it. I, I, yeah, and they're talking about doing another season on Netflix as well. They picked it up from Crackle. Yeah, um, which I never even knew was on Crackle. I right. heard of Sony Crackle. That It's a Sony Crackle, right? 
Yeah, I think they owned it. Um, but I, yeah, yeah they, they uh, but I had never of heard of a crackle original called mm -hmm. Startup. But man, I if you need something to binge, there's three seasons right now. Absolutely fantastic, man. But uh, and it, it, just to give some context on this book, um, the the largely when this book exploded was when the CEO of Boom Studios, Ross Ritchie, he did a countdown on his Instagram of the lowest printed Something's Killing the Children books ever. That was then picked up and really pushed on Facebook through the Something's Killing the Children fan group, which is like a, a feverish group of like 900 people. And they are all buying these books and sticking them in collections. When people realized that this 1 in 25 variant had a like sub 1,000 print run, because this is the point where speculators, like you mentioned, they jump off by issue six. It's only the readers. And this series didn't explode in value till after issue seven. So at this point, it was like that perfect sweet spot. This book has been labeled by the community as the ghost variant because it is just impossible to find. Yeah, because I'm trying to think when something is killing the truth was coming out of it. There wasn't, I don't remember my LCS ordering a ton of these. But you know, I a, that's I got a question that, for Jack and and the panel at twenty seven hundred and fifty bucks. This is basically Ultimate Fallout Four first print price. Mm -hmm. yeah. Would anybody on this panel buy this book over Ultimate Fallout Four? No, I would. That's I would. I would. You would. You would. So Jack's going on record saying right now, if you were going to drop twenty seven fifty yep. today, you would buy this book over Ultimate Fallout Four in a nine point eight. Yep. Because first off, first off, I mean, I've gone on record going back almost two years um, at, before FOC. I said that I think something's killing the children is a transformative comic property. Um, so I, 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 I totally respect what Tim said. Um, I think the reason why we haven't seen an announcement is because they're trying to get all those ducks in a row. The difference between this and like a Jupiter's legacy, Jupiter Le legacy, um, I think maybe to its fault was owned by Netflix so exactly. it's totally controlled by Netflix yeah. versus the way that boom deals are structured. Ross Ritchie comes from a film background into the comic space. So he will be involved in that process the whole time. And while I understand like people's um, attachment to ultimate fallout Four, again, it's a supply and demand issue Um, this book has a sub 1000 print run versus ultimate fallout four, which has an over 60,000 print run. Which is um, still a relatively small for Marvel. You think about it, sixty thousand. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's still, it's still yeah. no, I, quite the multiplier over. And the thing about something's killing the children is because it's a book that blew up through readership first. Um, it's in the hands of collectors. The, 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 this book is such a ghost that you just don't see it up for sale often at all. Um, because of that. Uh, I think the price is going to continue to escalate on that while miles, you can still be affected by people undercutting um, by the fact that like when miles shows up in a live action trailer, yeah, it's going to explode, but there's also going to be thousands. Oh, ton. Of everybody's waiting to market. dump their books. Yeah. Everybody's waiting to, as soon as that trailer drops. Um, so I, I agree with you that when this, it, when the announcement gets made that this does get finally made into a Netflix series, it's going to explode. You know, and yeah. I think that's an anticipation of it. Because nowadays, if you think about uh, what people collect, what do people collect? They collect NFTs, What is you know a highlight, right? I mean, basically, we're at the time where people also collect art, original art, and basically that's what they're doing here. They're collecting a they're collecting a piece of original art. If you yep. think about um, Sewer Surfer number four, it's classic cover, 
with Thor and the Silver Surfer. Not really anybody saying it's the first meeting of Silver Surfer and Thor, but it's a classic cover, and that's why it, it demands such a high price for it. And you can go out throughout history and look at classic covers and people you know that aren't really related to first appearances, uh, and more so now in the modern age, because if you look at modern age comics, and we're talking like 2000 up, the covers don't really tell you anything. It's just a piece of art. It's not like if you think about the bronze and copper age, right? There's like action scenes, there's dialogue on the cover that's actually telling you stuff. But nowadays, you know, you look at our germ, it's just somebody posing and somebody drawing, you know, a cover. Uh, you know, it, it's literally a piece of art. And if the more rare it is, then the more people are going to get into it. And, you know, 2750 may not be a lot, may be a lot to a, a lot of us, but to some people who are looking for it, you know, there it goes. I meant, you know, one in, one in 25, man. And yeah, just one one last statement to, just to, on the comments that I'm seeing come in. Like, I totally understand that a lot of variants go down in value, but there are certain variants in the market and they all tend to hit this ghost status. Things like the ASM 667, things like that, um, that become so truly rare. That um, one and, is and, ridiculously priced. Right. Same with like the J. Scott Campbell, like the uh, Deadpool one, um, where it was uh, the knock, like the, the, the knock on DC. Um, some of these variants become so rare, they they don't really apply to the same rules that like mm. the typical high ratio variant uh, yeah. applies to. And I and that's when I'm talking about this one, that's really what I, I say. And to like in the last statement on like the, the Netflix thing is just here's the thing. This is Boom's biggest property ever. This is the biggest property that they have ever had a book that like got popular and really they the, it this allowed Berserker to happen. This allowed that book to be as big as it was they are dropping berserker on netflix wherever they do with something's killing the children it is so paramount importance to boom's value that investing in 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 something's killing the children is like investing in boom so that's one of those things for me where it's like i feel comfortable investing in a property that i know that a company is all in on versus investing in a marvel character where you don't know which direction marvel's gonna go they can they can switch things up um, it to me, that's what it is, is you're going all in with a company that's all in. So here's a fun fact. Um, and I'll, I'm going to show you guys a graphic because I was just able to download it. Um, it's from our friends from Comicron. This is amazing to me when I when I read this. This is their May, May 2021 comic sales to shops projected ranks for new or comics that are ordered. When's the last time you could say a boom book was in the top five up there with Batman, Star Wars, Bounty Hunters, Heroes Reborn, and Wonder Girl? This is something is killing the children number 16, a boom book that has that has cracked the top five in books ordered. That to me is amazing. That's well, I think on the last show I was I was talking about you know indie books and people were like laughing. I said, "What well, Boom Studios is an indie publisher, right? They just happen yep. to be an indie publisher that's publishing a shit ton of books now because it, they become successful. Um, you know, unlike Bad Idea, who just I think is going to change their name to Good Idea or something like that. <laughs> some kind of, yeah, something." Yeah, a company built on a PR stunt is doing another PR stunt. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. We haven't even touched on that because I think it's kind of like the worst secret ever, right? Uh, uh, bad idea as we know it is ending. It has to come to an end so they can come out with another uh, something. There. You know, it's anyway. Uh, next up on the list, you know, we've got to throw some Golden Age in there. What do we got? Oh, yeah, we're going with a little startling comics number 50, which comes from pines in 1948 alex schomburg is famous for many of the covers he drew in the golden age including the beautiful airbrush science fiction and good girl work he did in the startling comics run 
This week, we saw a record high sale of $1,140 for a CGC 7.5 copy of issue number 50, beating out the prior record of $960 from September of 2019. For a high-grade Alex Schomburg airbrush cover from 1948, this still feels like a steal of a price, especially when you consider that issue number 49 of the same run, the famous Bender cover, had a sale of $13,700 for a CGC 7.0 in April of this year. So if you're looking for some incredible covers from the Golden Age from Golden Age artists at a reasonable price, consider looking into this run. So that Bender comic is 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 the cover that the character Bender was based on, right? Um, yes. They're from Futurama. So there, I I remember seeing that cover, and people were buying it because it was. A, are those? Is that a hairy armpit on her? I'm trying yeah. to. I believe I think she's it's just got shadowing. Some, uh, okay, shadow, uh, shadow. but this is gorgeous pre-code. Golden Age, right? Uh, can you imagine little uh, little Jimmy bringing this home to Mama? Look, Mama, I got a comic. Oh, that's cute. Why is this woman half naked on a? You know, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, but so, but if you think about it, in the, in the early '40s, there was pinup magazines that GIs used to get sent to them uh, overseas during World War II, right? You know, Jane, if you think about the famous the pinups of like Jane, Ru- God damn, I'm really dating myself, uh, Jane Russell and things and gals like that. I mean, and then you got Starling Comics with the. Uh, Believe it or not, boys and girls, that's what they call a bathing suit nowadays. And uh, uh, back in those days, nowadays, that's what some girl would wear to the supermarket. Uh, that's <laughs> where, that's where we're at now. Um, so there you go. Startling Comics issue number fifty. Love seeing these just random Golden Age Love books them. just pop on here, man. So uh, from the Golden Age, we go to uh, an era of, of of just huge comic runs, and this one was is ah uh, almost had it in my grasp. The Tick Special Edition number one. This is from New England Comics, 1988. And this 90s favorite should be hurting in market value after two failed live-action TV shows. However, this week's CGC 9.8 sale of $1,900 is another clear reminder that nostalgia is a massive market drive, as this sale marks a new high for this first appearance of The Tick. This destroys the last 9.8 sale of $785 back in February of 2020. I wanted this so bad. For true Tick fans, you guys will know that the first Tick actually appears in like a New England press periodical, right? You know, they, they were like, and then the first comic came out and there's a black cover and then there's this white cover that has a ridiculously low print run. It's damn near impossible to find and impossible to find in a high grade. And it's odd shape too. It's like, a, it's like in between a magazine and a comic book, the size, the size of it. Like when I bought my tick number one, I didn't back in the day, they didn't have bags and boards for those type of comics. I was like, uh, just wrapped it in Saran wrap and put it in like, you know, a cardboard to protect it. But, uh, Man, I tell you right now, now is the perfect time for The Tick to come back. Because The Tick, when it came out on Amazon, which was a great show, by the absolutely freaking hilarious. Uh, but I think it's time for The Tick to come back. I, I think Amazon pulled the plug on it too soon. Why not, right? I mean, there's a uh, there's a renaissance now with comic book properties on streaming. Why not give The Tick another chance? I think we need more Ticks. Who played him? Patrick Warburton? Uh, there was uh, the guy that was on uh, Friends. Um, uh Peterman was his name on Friends. The you know the guy on Friends. He was the guy who was playing the tick. And then there was uh, my favorite character is Batman. Well, the uh, Hispanic Batman guy. His name was Batman. Well, absolutely fl- hilarious. And in the comics, the uh, butterfly dude is freaking hilarious, man. But uh, I don't even know the names. But uh, I remember this came out in 1988. That was when you know 
<clears throat> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was coming out. These oh, Putty was comics. on Seinfeld, not Friends. Yeah. Yes. No. Seinfeld. I'm sorry. Yeah. Seinfeld. It was like racial. It was like one of their boyfriends. Um, the guy who yeah. does it was the Joe boyfriend. on on uh, Family Guy. Yeah, he also he also does he used to do a lot of commercials too. He always has this really like uh, he has this hilarious voice that he does. Wasn't he was on his own TV show with uh, Warburton? Patrick he? Warburton. Yeah, him and, him and David yeah. Spade. All right. Yeah, David Spade. Wow, what happened to him? Anyway, uh, the Tick Special Edition number one from March nineteen eighty eight, a nine point eight for nineteen hundred. You know what? Wow. That's to me that seems pretty cheap. I would buy it because you don't know how. Yeah, after written. hearing that a book from twenty twenty sold for twenty seven hundred, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cheap. <laughs> nah, man, you just don't come across these white covers that often, and in a nine eight, it's you know it's hard to find. All right, what do we got up next? All right, before we get to the last two books, I want to shout out the absolute best live chat on YouTube, folks. If you are enjoying the show, take a moment and hit that like button. If you are not enjoying the show, you can go ahead and hit the thumbs down. Just hit it twice really quick. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got Ultimate Fantastic Four, issue number 22, originally published in 2005 from Marvel Comics. And the Ultimate line was a massive success for quite some time. However, out of everything that came out of all those stories... The Marvel Zombies was one of our favorites. No one saw it coming, and it was so good. Mark Millar took the Ultimate Fantastic Four in a whole new direction, and out of this sprung Kirkman's Marvel Zombies line, which we also loved. However, it's the inclusion of the Marvel Zombies in one of the upcoming Disney Plus What If episodes that's really starting to move the sales. Well, it's unknown whether this is going to be a long-term potential or if it's just this one episode, but this week's sale of the first appearance of Marvel Zombies hit a new high this week of $500 nice. for a CGC 9.8. It's only a matter of time before I met. I love all the Marvel Zombie stories because they're always like so dark. I mean, to the one point, Galactus was a zombie in one of them. <laughs> uh, and I believe like the only ones who weren't affected were Machine Man, right? Because he wasn't really, um, and I think uh, some other characters, but the, uh, I used to love it when they came out with the with the stories, but there's the uh, the this is the Greg Land one because uh, there's a Greg Land cover I think as well. Is that issue or is that issue twenty one? I don't think this is Greg Land, but we'll look at it later. Um, but there's also like the cameo and first appearance. It's it's the story goes. It's like uh, Ultimate Fan Richards uh, opens up a portal to get to the six one six, and then the zombies show up. Uh, is the basic premise of it. But uh, great read, man. Um, the ultimate line was so great until they killed it off uh, by literally killing everybody, and then you were just left with like Wolverine's son and some other characters, and we had ultimate and then Miles. But the early Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Fantastic Four were absolutely fantastic modern retellings of the characters, uh, and that's where you got to see some really cool, like you know, the Ultimate Green Goblin, you know, and and the Ultimate Spider-Man from uh, Mark Bagley doing the art. I mean, you know, it's too bad they couldn't sustain that. Hell, that's where we got the uh, Black Nick Fury that you see in uh, the movies now. It was because uh, he first showed up in the Ultimate series. So there you go. So Ultimate Fantastic Four number twenty-two for for marvel zombies by the way i do believe the what if series comes after loki uh so after the loki show finishes up and whatever time it takes we're gonna see what if they they did a few there was a they did a release promo and i gotta do it one of them is really goofy it's like what if party thor destroyed the world apparently thor partied so hard he destroyed the world so i don't know where that's gonna go but uh we shall see man i'm, I'm stoked i love the what if series and you know so far season one is going to be doing everything in the movies 
Uh, and I've been told from my man, Mikey Sutton, that season two of What If is going to open it up even wider to be kind of more like the Marvel, like the What If series that we have in the comic books where they do a little bit of everything. But right now, they're basically just doing all the characters. Uh, so <laughs> this may be the last time we actually see our here Chadwick Boseman in a Marvel property because oh. he recorded his it's his his What If series is What If uh, T'Challa end up becoming Star Lord. Uh, so I think a lot of people get some feels hearing uh, Chadwick Boseman's voice uh, one last time in a, in a Marvel project. So Ultimate Fallout, or excuse me, Ultimate Fantastic Four, number 22 on the list for $500. Oh, right. and some people were making up their own what if. What if Agent Carter was in Loki? You know, it, it could be. It looks she like her. Was. But then again, everybody the from that era dressed like that. And, right. And, Here's my theory on if that is for spoiler alert for those who haven't seen uh, Loki. You got five seconds. One. Listen, two, you probably won't even notice that. You probably won't the, even notice. Yeah. It so fast. The miracle of the Internet and people capturing a small scene. There was a TVA agent who carried somebody who looked like they're from the 40s. And they, people said it could be Agent Carter. Um, and, and the only way I could think that is, well, Captain America did kind of break the rules by going back in time and staying in time. But earlier in the episode, you remember Loki says, why am I getting arrested for this? The Avengers went back in time and did all this stuff. And, and then the TVA said what well, they were. That's what they were supposed to do, though. Mm. So the only thing I think is what if Captain America was supposed to go back in time to return all the, uh, you know, things that are proper place like Thor's hammer, the shield and whatnot. And what if he broke that timeline by ending up staying in 1946 or 48 or whatever and then spawning another timeline we shall see that's my theory on it that's if it is peggy carter that's what i theorize is it i'm not saying it is but that's the only way i can see that could be her but anyway all right what's the last one on the list there all right last up on the list we have wolverine origins number 10 we're looking at the joe casada variant the th of course, that's the known as the third claw variant. Um, this is obviously Marvel from 2007. And back in Falcon and Winter Soldier, a marketing website for Madripoor had a small reference to Dakin, whose first appearance is in this issue, which was then subsequently removed. It was amazing how such a small reference like this continue to move sales the way it does for this book. Case in point, this third claw variant hit an all-new high sale of $1,700 for a CGC 9.8. Good. Googly moogly. Even after it was kind of debunked, because we, I mean, you know, I, I guess they're thinking, you know, it could come. Um, but yeah, I remember talk. Uh, we, I think we talked about it. There was a, there was a website that basically talked about Madripoor, and then they removed it off of, off of that website. And there, were, there was some kind of, here draws to here and there so uh and mephisto was there just kidding it wasn't mephisto uh for those who were watched loki 2 by the way that uh french scene in the french church that was not mephisto okay i don't want to why not anymore. i have two of those come on man <laughs> mephisto is coming but that wasn't mephisto because even the director came out and said we filmed that scene before wandavision was ever released so we had no idea but if you think about it it's a picture of a fallen son and what is loki loki is a, a fallen god with and loki has horns the devil has horns or it's mephisto what the fuck do i know man <laughs> mephisto is everywhere i swear to god you know so if you wanted to be mephisto it's mephisto uh oh, shout out to all man. 200 of you watching man i uh, appreciate you Thumbs guys up. come on god i wish we could talk about this episode Thumbs right now like, it was love. 
there were some things mentioned that I thought were pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. we've got to save it for next week. Don't we I know, I know. Man. I'm not going to spoil anything. How, how so has not good. everybody seen Loki already? They I mean, should. I mean, should have. Okay. Come on, man. Come on, man. Anyway, if hey, they if make you a just, reference to nightmares. Yeah. That's all I'm if, if you just uh, googly moogly just triggered my Google search. Captain yeah, Frank. they said, this, and the, when the Silver Surfer showed up, I was like, God damn, how yeah. is he wielding Molyneux yeah. like that? And anyway, man, and did you see when Doctor Doom showed up? That was bad. Oh man, oh, Doom man. showed up. It was over. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you guys just join us, uh, make sure you check out Karis Comics tomorrow at noon Eastern, nine Pacific. This Tyler Kirkham. Karis Comics exclusive variant drops. Yes, that is an homage to a cover that he did uh, when he first came to Karis Comics. Look at that. Uh, and also, make sure you use the discount code of LOTLB to get 15% off any Karis Comics exclusives. Um, I just looked the other day, and um, the last one that dropped still has a few issues left. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're going to go in there, it works for everything. Because just use discount code of LOTLB to get 15% off. Set your alarms for tomorrow. The Tyler Kirkham variants always are always hot bangers. So make sure you set it. Uh, not 10, excuse me, 12 noon, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and that's it, boys and girls. Um, oh, you know what? We got time, so I'm going to see what's shaking today since we're running a little bit late, but I promise the guys at Cup Price uh, we would see what's shaking today. Uh, hey, does anybody want me to film uh, Avengers Campus? I'm going there on... Um, oh, dude, I'm jelly. Come on, man. That's yeah, awesome. wear You know what? Get like a little me. GoPro. Wear it on your chest all day. Should I film the Hell whole yeah. thing? You guys want me to watch that son bitch. I need those giant pretzels from the, the, the Pim Kitchen. Oh, there's a hundred dollar burger there too. So I don't know if I'm going to be Damn. doing that, but uh, let's go and see what's shaking the day, boys and girls. You got to do it for content, Tim. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Cool. yeah. If I can uh, do a tax write off for this, that's burger, all I'm about to say. Write it off, baby. <laughs> there you go, man. All right, let's see what's shaking today. Look at that. I already see that. Why this book is our little. Let's see what's shaking today. Good Look at Shazam. Boy. Black Adam is. Damn. Oh, that's I interesting. Have... I want to look at this. Uh, obviously, there's an Uncharted movie or series or movie coming. Movie, uh, I think movie, isn't yeah. Tom Holland right? Yeah, yeah. T- I think uh, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Not four grand. Good uh, lord. Nine point eight. This is this is now we have now jumped the shark where video game comics uh, comics based on video games used to be kind of joked at. That's no longer this case ever since 2020. Uh, is it the is, video game or is it the movie? Uh, both. It's the it's the movie, and plus it's it's Adam Hughes. It's I mean, if it was just a video game, it wouldn't be that high. But they developed the video game into a movie. But in the past, if they if a video game was developed in the movie, nobody gave a shit about the comics. You know what I mean? Right. It's just the the way things are now. If there's a comic book property based on anything that gets developed, people are going to go out and look for it and find it. Um, uh, we don't see Metal Man on here too oh, often. Cool, huh? Look at this one, man. Metal Man number one. From 1963, 9.4 for 1600. That's me. Seems like a killer deal, man. When you can buy a first issue of Silver Age, <laughs> yeah, that's people. That's people trying to get ahead of the market. I would imagine. Oh They're yeah, just smart right now. Yep. Um. Oh man. Ah, look at old Richie Rich, man. Look at this, Richie number Rich one. number one from 1960. Wow, look at that. Somebody got a, a 3.0. 3. That's a 3.0, boys and girls, for nearly uh, $1,200. Highest known value. Check that. 
highest known value is $48,995. So for those who laugh at like uh, Mickey Mouse comics or Harvey comics, Richard Rich comics, there is a market for it. And it's a huge market. If you can ever get like a first appearance of like Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse, do it. If it's sitting around and, and so they don't know what they're in, they, that, what they have on their hands, you should do Ooh, it. What about Sweet Tooth? What'd you guys think of it? I the have kids like it, start, man. I, yeah, kid, I'm going to start watching it soon. It. Yeah, so uh, 115 for a raw comic, uh, $1,000 for 9.8. Good for you. Good for you. Let's hope there's a season two so it keeps on continuing. <laughs> I've heard good right. things about it, so I can't wait to see it so I can sit down and, and binge it all. But I'm like I told you, I'm, I'm stuck on startup right now. I'm really hooked on that. Um, little Werewolf by Night action. <laughs> Another Ooh, Contest of Champions. Nice. The first ever Marvel miniseries. Oh man! Three, it was a three-issue oh, miniseries, that's memories from, right there. Nineteen eighty-two, Raw Dog, five hundred thirty-nine dollars. Got to be My kidding me! What? God, yeah. I hope it was near mint plus when they bought it. Uh, <laughs> my God, really? I got to look at mine really? now. Man, yeah, I but this go. is the this is the first out. ever Marvel miniseries. It was a three-issue series, and it featured I got all, all three of them. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Children of the Hey, Let me look at my man, Doctor Strange. Got it. Doctor Strange, one sixty nine. Raw Dog, four hundred and ninety three dollars. Mm. Ten thousand for a nine point eight. Good Lord, have mercy on my soul. Let's see what happened to Blue Beetles now that. Uh, so I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to news. Blue Beetle is not going to be a feature film. It's being going to be dropped on HBO Max. Uh, so we'll see if that affects the, the prices or not. First appearance of uh, Jaime Reyes as Blue Beetle. That's better. Uh, the first, the first Latino superhero. Uh, Nine point eight graded at. Wow, Justin sold me his for one hundred twenty-five bucks. Oh, what a good guy! What a great guy! Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Justin, you're the best. Well, we'll see. Uh, like I said, I always said like when Disney before Disney Plus launched, I thought it was going to be a whole new era of spec because I think the Disney Plus stuff was really going to elevate what people are speculating on. And sure, I was I was grossly understated in that grossly. comment because people have taken every episode and dissected it and dissect. And dissected it. So, uh, hey, this is weird. Let's see. Yeah. Marvel what? two and one. Oh, okay, because it's a thirty cent cover. Oh, the um, thirty cent. The thing and Spider Woman battle over London over the life of Alicia what, Masters. Number, number thirty. I mean, number thirty. Uh, Nine point eight. So for four hundred dollars. So this is the uh, thirty cent price variant. Uh, I would imagine. Oh, cover so. price is telling us that that contest of champions was actually for a CGC nine point eight. That makes ah, a little okay. more sense. Thank you, Matt. It's been updated. It's been updated. Hit refresh. Right. Now look uh, how many something's killing the children books we've come across. Now there's like three, four different. Yeah, hold on, let me start off. It was Two. up here. Yeah, how many are on the, uh, the? How many are in the the full shakers list? Is it thirty? Yeah, no, fifty. If you have a full blown membership, there's fifty shakers a day. Fifty. So, so uh, one. one, which is issue number one. Yeah, it's two. Number two, two seven. Number seven. Two. Uh, three. Nice. And over under is three. three. Apparently, three. I guess that's it. I'm shocked. There's not more. Uh, there you go. Uh, this is a gorgeous cover, man. I love this. This I do believe this is Michael Turner. Yep, yep. Michael Turner, Michael San Diego, oh, San Diego Comic Con, 2017 Virgin yep. variant. Uh so beautiful. Uh, 325 for 98. I would pay 500 for this. I'm yeah, what's huge, up with the Secret Wars seven? I'm a huge Turner fan, so any of his work. Uh, we got casting today on uh, on, on the. Who? The Anna with the Titania. Titania, yeah. yeah. But her oh. first appearance is in Secret uh, Wars three. 
Mm. Uh, this is the first appearance of Spider Man 2, Spider Woman 2. Yeah, so Julie, this is Julia Carpenter. We had her on a long term spec list as well, Julia Carpenter. Um, so this is, I'm assuming people, uh, you know, Lisa Ray. Yeah, there's also some uh, Secret Wars things in Loki if you really pay attention. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, since um, we got Jessica Drew coming, then we maybe it's going to be this version of Spider-Woman. Remember way back when when that actress or the director dropped like uh, she's working on a female spider uh, driven. project. Yeah. yeah. So just get all the Spider-Woman, you know, get them all. I'm, I'm still sitting on that. What if Spider-Girl oh, Green Lantern? Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I think Issa yeah, Rae as a Spider Woman in Into the Spider Verse Two is going to be big. Oh She's yeah, forty five. What issue number is this? Oh, that is seventy. Oh, 16. This is Golden Age issue number sixteen. That was so hard they can cover price couldn't even find a good cover. So this is a nineteen forty five Green Lantern. This is the Alan Scott version. Three hundred dollars for a raw comic, not bad at all. Six seven fifty wow. for seven point oh. I'd buy that because this is dope, man. Look that at this. Dope. You know, I mean, you don't see many Green Lantern 16s from 1945. I've never seen that cover before. Yeah. Uh, more Secret Wars stuff. She-Hulk, Sandman, Dark Avengers. Uh, you know what? We haven't heard anything about the Moon Girls show moving along, huh? You got to think it's got to be dropping pretty soon, right? It's been in development for a while. It's an animated show. Uh yeah, the only thing that throws me off about that is that it's Disney Channel, not Disney Plus. Exactly. Well, it's for kids, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still wish they would put it on Disney Plus. Uh, I feel like then you'd get more of an adult audience watching it as well. I'm sure it's going to end up on Disney Plus like at some point when the season's over. Yeah, um, it's Marvel 18. What was the first appearance in that, Tivo? Mystique. Mystique. Yeah, first full, I believe. Yeah, because it, it's actually it's one of those things where it's like 16, 17, 18. She first kind of cameo 16, 17, but 18 is first full. So uh, mm-hmm. 400 for 9.4. Uh, you see the oh, comment from Jay Nenya? He says that Boss Logic dropped that MCU looking art about Secret Wars. Oh yeah, I mean Boss Logic is always doing. Yeah, Boss Logic is always doing. I I think they were they were setting up for that the second they started talking about Nexus level events. Mm. No. Uh oh. Whoa, we lost Tivo, and just like yeah, that, the, the boss oh, man. Oh, show, show boss Logic done just knocked him out. That topic of conversation. So so, you know, so how do we even like? <laughs> We just talked oh, myself back. out of my own show. I was, <laughs> no, I, I was clicking back on the. I was going to go back on the shakers page, but then I was like, I just kicked myself out of. <laughs> Tim, Tim was messing with the timeline. He got sucked into the, the Nexus. Timeline. Man, TVA is going to be knocking on my door TVA, pretty soon yeah. now. You know, I think that's a good time for us then to show, man. We're at seven. Uh, <laughs> it's a good uh, sign. Right yeah, it's a good All time. Right. Even though it's 192 watching, you know, I just realized most of our viewers are on the West Coast, so maybe we'll start to show at seven o'clock next time. I don't know. We'll show you. But, you know, we've been Damn, at the same time. Good for, time. for me, man. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll, yeah. This old ass right. guy can't stay up that late. That is true. Tomorrow night. All right. Uh, any last words, Jack? Man. Uh, ch- hey, check out tomorrow on Whatnot. There is a huge Comics Vault live sale going on. Uh, from Skybound. Skybound is doing a live sale, $1 CGC slabs. They're all slabs, all 9.8s or higher. There's some 9.9 heat. There's some uh, Robert Kirkman signature edition stuff. Um, so yeah, no no reserve, $1 auctions. Uh, it's going to be a free for all out there. So you got to check that out. I think so that's Skybound has a has a has an account on there and they're selling just all their Skybound. Oh, nice. Yeah, they have an account. They're selling um they're selling kind of like some like older like heat from conventions and from past like comics vault live sales as well as when they do their comics vault live drops 
and they get nine nines. Some of them go out as like mysteries. Like you order a nine eight, you might get a nine nine. I love some, those. And some of them they hold back and then they they're do, using them for these special whatnot sales. So if you All haven't right. downloaded the whatnot app, check that out. Check it out. If you have any questions, hit up Jack on his social medias and he'll give you more information and uh, refer you if you're you're down for the whatnots. Speaking of whatnot, JB, any last words? Man, I just want to first, I want to thank everybody in the live chat. You guys make this show amazing. 200 plus in the in the live chat. Make sure you hit the thumbs up if you had a good time. And I want to, everybody that's reached out to me on Instagram during these trying times over here, man, I appreciate each and every one of you that have reached out to check on me and my family. I can't thank you enough. It means the world to me and my wife and the kids. Um, much love to all of you. Uh, I can't look forward to being here next week. And man, don't forget, man, we had a good time. TiVo, you're muted. <laughs> yeah, man, he's all messed up. Yeah, I need to go. I'm done. All right. Well, hey, I won't I won't keep you guys. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, pay attention next week. We're going to be having a Lord's auction next Friday. So that keep that Friday, on the calendar. Friday, 6 p.m. We're going to yep. have an auction. Uh, Ryan, we're going to bring some bangers, man. So I'm going to I'm going to try to sell my first Shang-Chi. I'm going to put it. Uh, it's not going to be an auction. It's going to be by now, but it's going to be under GPA. How's that sound? Sounds great. So, I mean, who hasn't made a deal? That's right. Uh, right. And I'm going to got a bunch of KRS Comics exclusives that are, have all been sold out on their website that I'm going to be, uh, you know, because, you know, everybody doesn't want to spend two, three hundred dollars. So I'll have well, little auctions of twenty, thirty dollars yep. here and there. So, you know, just keep it fun. And uh, maybe my man, the big to do will do is quick claim sales as well with some slabs. Uh, oh, yeah. Hopefully. Uh, and then until then, so, uh, we'll see you. I will see you guys Sunday for letters from the long box with Mikey. Suddenly may have uh, some new scoops for you guys, but until next time, boys and girls keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out. Now let's do this. Rewind. See, they can't come again. Pull up that from the top to the very last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who are you to make their lives bitter in hard bondage? In this, you shall know that the Lord is Injustice to right that which is wrong and to serve all mankind. 